Hello and welcome back to Love at First Contact. Uh, today we have a very special guest joining Safai and I in, in the studio. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Sam's mom. <laughs> uh, and she's here for a very special reason. We are on the first parent-themed episode of Star Trek, which you might be surprised there are multiple parent-themed episodes of Star Trek. Um, this is the only one in TOS. There's one in the animated series, which we're not going to watch. And then there's a bunch in TNG that we'll get to down the line. Um, so this week we watched Journey to Battle. This is a DC Fontana episode. DC Fontana is one of the most famous Star Trek writers. Uh, she is most notable for kind of developing the character of Catherine Janeway in Voyager. She worked on Star Trek all the way up to Voyager and then kind of passed the torch for Enterprise and, and the newer stuff. So... Um, but before we get to the episode, we have to talk about Nichelle Nichols. Um, we're actually recording on the day Nichelle Nichols uh, passed away. Um, she was one of the last surviving members of the TOS cast, and so we really honor her with this podcast by talking about her legacy of Star Trek. We talk about Nichelle Nichols a lot more than the other characters, um, and we'll definitely talk about her when we get to season three. So we just wanted to make a note of that here. Um Let's let's ask the question we always ask. What did you guys? We'll start with Safai. Safai, what did you? <laughs> but I'm not the special guest. No, I want to hear. I, That's I, okay. Yeah, we always start it's your with show you. too. <laughs> so what did you think? I'm not of, one of those, mother in <laughs> What did you think of Journey to Babel? Um, I actually thought it was interesting. That's good. Whenever you say that, it normally means you actually paid attention to the episode. <laughs> so it's not a Harry Mud episode. So that's no. That's, that's, that's there Mom, was there well, was. I think Safai likes it because there was drama built into it. It was a very mysterious, drama-filled episode. But, Mom, what did you think of Journey to Babel? Uh, it was it was Star Trek, so <laughs> it all the elements were there. I have not seen a Star Trek episode for many years, so all the elements were there that I would expect to see. Um, I do find it's well written. Um, yeah, it was it was it was interesting to see that family dynamic be introduced into, uh, you know, yeah, <laughs> to, to see some more backstory in Spock. Which at that point in time, when that episode, when that show came out, I'm sure people were like, "What is up with this guy?" And that was the point of this episode. So when DC Fontana um, pitched it to Gene Roddenberry, it was you know we've hinted at Spock's backstory a little bit. Let's let's really show his parents and show that dynamic on screen. But let's let's go to the questions. So how we're going to do the questions is if I will ask one, and then if you had one related to the same topic, we'll go to you, Mom. But I know you wrote two and a half pages, so... No, I just wrote, like, a page and a half. Okay. Yeah. So go ahead. What's your first question? Um, My first one, his his dad kind of looks like him. Did, did you notice anything? <laughs> so you probably won't remember, because it's been a while, but does his dad look familiar from anything else? I don't no, you ask me this all the time. Okay, do you remember the episode where they chased the Romulan ship? Um, no. <laughs> the captain of the Romulan ship was the same actor. Oh, did you say that before? I, I told okay. you, yeah. I've told you yeah. that before. I think I mentioned that in that mm-hmm. episode. But yeah, so Mark Leonard, that is the same actor who, who played the Romulan But he, commander. like, really looks like him. Yeah, it's perfect well, casting. It's prosthetics and makeup. <laughs> of course he's... True. So, uh, yeah... Uh, so, yeah, Mark Leonard looks exactly like, kind of like Leonard Nimoy, so it makes sense that, uh, that you would say that. (laughs) Um, and we'll see him again. We won't see him again in this series. Uh, if we do watch a couple episodes of the animated series, there is an episode that shows Spock's childhood, 
Spock goes back in time. Oh, yeah, you said that. Yeah, we see his pet Salot cat. We see Sarek and Amanda again. And we see his cousins and brother. So, yeah. So he's the same character as in his his dad as in the other episodes? So Mark Leonard will come back for the episode of the animated series. He'll come back for a bunch of the movies as a, as a cameo. And then he'll come back in two episodes of The Next Generation. Two really good episodes. The episode Sarek... And the episode Unification Part 1. I'll be watching those. Yeah, absolutely. Those are two really important episodes. Oh, contain your so, excitement. Contain, contain your excitement. Your excitement. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, that's that's about that. So, what's your next question? Or, Mom, did you have a question? Uh, not pertaining to that. Okay. Do you want to ask a question, though? <laughs> well, I just, I find it, uh, you know, I'm going to be critical, right? I'm like, wait a minute. He's stubborn. He didn't salute. I, so, I kind of guests that was where it was going immediately when the the ambassadors quote unquote got off the ship and uh and he wouldn't salute spock i was like oh wait a minute that guy looks familiar yeah that that's his parents but isn't stubbornness an emotion or is that just a personality trait vulcans are extremely <laughs> stubborn um i but, don't it would be a personality trait rather than emotion, a per- I yeah, suppose. Personality trait. I don't know semantics. Maybe we should break that down. When, if you come back for the Enterprise episode, oh, where, most definitely. Uh, you know where there is a parent involved. You'll see a whole. It's a whole Vulcan themed episode on Vulcan, yeah. and you'll see how stubborn Vulcans. Well, can she's be. the only parent that will agree. That's true. My dad will not come <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> so. Okay, and folks, that's why I'm the cool parent. Just that's saying. True. That'll make him come on the podcast. Oh, he doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> he does. He does a little bit. He says he can't hear it though. So, but that's that's dad. Um, but I've always said that mom was the Star Star Wars parent and dad was the Star Trek parent. So that's why you haven't watched Star Trek as much as. And okay. I'm just gonna not comment any further on that. <laughs> okay. so, he told me that a couple weeks ago. So <laughs> anyway, speaking of family drama, <laughs> and then who is Spock's mom? Because she's a famous actress, and I can't play. I look really familiar. I do not remember her name. I, oh, you didn't look um, it up. I, I did. We need to Google it. Let me let me do that real quick. Yeah, because I was looking. I was like, everybody at home listening is googling. Like where you're from, but you look really familiar. Yeah. Um, I will say much. One thing I really like about Star Trek compared to other franchises is if they can get the original actors back they will um and and they do for amanda grayson which is her character's name um amanda grayson will pop up with the same actress from uh the animated series of the same episode as spock's dad and also um in uh the movies she'll be in star trek 4 at the very beginning she was played by uh jane wyatt yeah yeah that was some budget let me tell you back then yeah she was a pretty big actress she really was. Is she still alive? No. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think that's the right one. She's been played, this character has been played by four actresses. Um, well, she had to at least be my age in that episode. At yeah. least. And that was 1950, or 1967. Yeah. So, you know. But, um, so actually, fun fact, I was wrong. She was not played by Jane Wyatt in... The animated series episode, she was played by Major Barrett, who plays Nurse Chapel and the voice of the computer. Yeah, Nurse Chapel! Um, and then she's played by Cynthia Blaze in Flashback and Mia Kishner in the newer shows. So, um, gotcha. that is who plays her. Um, and Sophia's taken my phone to look at information. I want to see what the picture was. 
And remember, if you're listening along and you ever want to look up information about characters or information we're talking about, Memory Alpha is where I get my information. It's an amazing resource for Star Trek facts. I don't think I've ever said that before. So if you're looking for following along and want to look up stuff about the episode, head over to Memory Alpha, which is the Star Trek wiki. But what is your next question, my love? Ew. <laughs> Um, okay, so, like, is that how they, like, hold hands? Like, the little, like, finger? I don't, I don't know. Tip yes, yes. <laughs> He's totally holding hands. So he has learned emotion. He has learned emotional behavior in his 32 years being married to her. Well, Sarek was also the, the ambassador to Earth before sitting on the Federation Council. And they had a, a human daughter for a long time, Michael Burnham. So, I mean... So how, that's enough physical touch that that's, he can that's do. That's plenty of physical touch for Sarek. <laughs> so. Well, not to be weird, but... There was they something else kid. going on. Yeah, they have two kids. So yeah. Anyway, well, they what's have, the next question? They, they have one kid. Spock is the only son of Amanda Grayson and Sarek, oh. and then he has a son with a Vulcan princess, who is insane and kind of the black sheep of the family. And then he has an adopted daughter who is Michael Burnham. Gotcha. So the family's weird. Yeah, and every seven years they they have relations. Yes. <laughs> so nice. Um, nice. Any questions, mom, for to hop in there? Or... Not at this point. Okay. <laughs> She's trying to like, look at my nose. I, <laughs> I can't see him or read him. So no, worry. he tries either. to too, but no one can ever look at my handwriting. That's true. <laughs> um, a lot of times I also never really have questions. I just have like random like, statements. Little statements. Yeah. yeah. Like I don't like her outfit. Um, the mom. I Yeah, it's, it's very 60s. It's a very 60s outfit that was like retro future, which is very common in science fiction. I like the time. second outfit she was wearing though. Yeah. No. Um. And, and I think you saw the Memory Alpha page. She, she gets a, a tunic later on, a Vulcan outfit. So I just don't understand why the collar has to be popped like that. Mm-hmm. Like, her hair's already big it's enough. It's the 60s. Like... <laughs> the Vulcan. They're Vulcan. They're Vulcan. So I, I, so I assume, like, Starfleet is like the United Nations then. That's why they were doing a council meeting hosting and trying to keep the peace. And Well, the Federation is like the U.N., so the Federation General Assembly, the General Assembly. and then Starfleet is the uh, exploration and military branch of the UN. But just like the real world, um, the other nations in the Federation do still have uh, fleets and stuff like that. Except they're all kind of interconnected to Starfleet. It's never really been explained past Enterprise how those other fleets work with Starfleet. But we do hear later on. Don't they all just get different core? quadrants of the universe or whatever galaxy they all kind of work well the the federation is situated in the alpha and beta quadrant and the gamma and delta quadrant of the galaxy are so far away it would take 75 years at at maximum warp at at non-slowing down to get back which is the plot of voyager which we'll get to in a while so um in the gamma quadrant it's reachable from the alpha quadrant through a wormhole so that's how we get to those other quadrants. But they really operate... I mean, that's a huge track of space, though. Like, you know, there's a lot to discover. And they can only go a certain speed. They can't go past something without turning into salamanders. So that's another episode. Like, for real? <laughs> yes. We're not going to... We're probably going to watch Threshold for the memes. Well, TV but, for real. <laughs> yeah, TV for real. Um, supposedly, in real life, you can't go the speed of light. You can go close to the speed of light. Like, but human can. bodies can't? Yes. What do they say would happen? Or is that another I'm not, I'm not a physicist. <laughs> okay, I'll have to Google that later, we'll probably too. Die. We'll have to Neil deGrasse Tyson. So, okay, keep going. No, that was, that was actually one of my questions I was going to ask. I was like, are they, why are they transporting them? Like, So, this is something... I have a theory about this. Um, so, the Babel Conference, we see the very first Babel Conference in Enterprise. 
And it's between the Andorians, the Tellarites, and the Vulcans, who are all represented here. So it's my theory that the Enterprise has been brought in to escort them because the first Babel conference was also escorted by the Enterprise through an accidental string of events. Gotcha. So um, it's also, you know, the Enterprise is the flagship. If the Enterprise shows up on a scene, it's, it's really important. It's monumental. The Enterprise does, you know, they do the biggest things in Starfleet. So having the Enterprise escort your biggest ambassadors makes sense. So they want that ship. They don't care about any other ship? I mean, another ship could do it, but to make a statement and to show um, the most advanced ship in the fleet, it's to, to have a Constitution class. And were they just hopping around the galaxy picking up these ambassadors to transport them all, all of these with amb- time warp to the appropriate place? <laughs> Basically. So Babel is a planetoid. It's where they hold the conference because it's in neutral space between all these nations in the Federation. But Andoria, Tellar, and Earth are all kind of in the same neighborhood. So, hey, let's carpool. Exactly. And then, um, wait, there was just something you just said, and it triggered a question, but now it's gone. <laughs> same universe. Uh, carpool. Carpool. Oh, so were they headed on? Oh, so the next episode. Is the next episode? No. It, they don't, so you don't get to see them at no. Babel. Okay. This is the 60s, so. I get pissed. <laughs> uh, people don't really remember this, but Star Trek, until Deep Space Nine did not have like storylines. The original series has one or two two parts. Episodic, and they com- were just like completely episodic. Yeah, because they basically shows were on a network, but you know, you if you had like a storyline, you had to tune in next week to watch it. So if you tuned in, and then you didn't watch that episode, thank you. I have to have my pen. Gotcha. <laughs> my mom gave me a look when I took the pen. Cool. Um, um, so when you have a show that is you know serialized. And you go to the next episode. If somebody doesn't see that episode, then they come in the next week. They missed a whole batch of story. Yeah. Which was the problem with Deep Space Nine. When you get to TNG and Deep Space Nine, they weren't on a set channel. They were sold in syndication from the start. So your local TV station could say, hey, we have Star Trek The Next Generation. And say the next week, oh, we dropped our contract. We don't have Star Trek The Next Generation anymore. Gotcha. So we've talked about this so many times. We've it never, pisses sorry. me off. No, you're fine. It just pisses me off. She hates that they never like pick up on stuff that happened before. I want to know what happens. Yeah. Well, you will. In a hundred years when we jump in I do future. listen to the other episodes and I have heard you be quite upset before. That's <laughs> so, just validating that, or confirming, confirming that I do listen to all the episodes. Yes. You're our only listener sometimes. Aww. That's not true. I listen. Someday you'll be big. Thank you. And I can say that's my son. That's true. Right? And but, then you're on an episode and it's like, true. where's my cut? <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. But yeah, so there's, there's no, it's very rare that another episode is referenced. It does happen. Or they'll go back to the same place they went to before, but you'll never have like, oh, we're going to a conference, and then the next week, oh, we're at the conference. That won't happen gotcha. until TNG. Okay. You but, would think that they would have um, more security clearance. Who? Um, just them going on to like Starfleet, especially with all this going on. Well, like, they're supposed to be ambassadors, right? So, yeah. And security was there to greet them. You saw the red shirts, which the music was ominous, and they were spending a lot of camera time. There were a lot of shots. Excuse me, on the red shirts preparing to greet the ship, and I thought for sure a red shirt was going down. Yeah. I think this is the episode, too. One of those red shirts getting ready to go out to be the shuttle is the most amazing man in, in the world from the Dos Equis commercials. What? Yeah, we talked about this before. I got it wrong, but I think this is the episode. He was a red shirt in Star Trek. 
and he survives his episode. So I think this is the episode. Most interesting man. Most interesting man. Yes. Um, well, I mean, like I thought they would at least like pass him down or something. I don't care if they're ambassadors. Well, you've got to think they are. They are in orbit of Vulcan, which is a founding member of the Federation. They are in the heart of Federation space. They did not expect anything to go wrong. You should always expect for things to go wrong. And it does. And they're not really prepared. Has someone ever produced a map of Federation space? Yes, they've produced a map of the entire Alpha, Beta quadrants. And there's a map of the, the Gamma and Delta quadrant, too. Oh, I'm surprised you this ever... is in your bedroom. All Actually, if you want to see it, it's in your, it's in your trunk at, at your house. It's in my trunk. When we went through your trunk when we were staying with you when we first moved back to Missouri, you went through it and you pulled out a book and I was like, oh my God, I've been looking for that for 12 years. No, I'm not going <laughs> to... Open that trunk and get that back out. We'll just leave it in there. But yeah, there are there are maps of the the Star Trek galaxy. Okay. Are you really surprised though? No, actually I'm not. Because <laughs> then I'm thinking, ooh, do we need to do this? But no, somebody's already thought of that. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Um, what are they drinking? <laughs> really oh my god, those are fuzzy fur balls that you glue onto a craft project of Gation Bible School. So if you if you you don't pay attention to the food that lot, but you'll you'll notice in the original series they don't eat food. They eat colored cubes. That are like gelatin. No, I was looking at the table. I was like, what is all of that? But in every episode where they have food, they're not eating like sandwiches or like gourmet meals. They're eating colored cubes. Yeah, right. Because you're not going to have, you're not going to have a whole green bread and cured ham. And repl- replicators don't exist yet. So you can't, you know, walk up to the computer and be like, I want a cheeseburger. And then a cheeseburger comes out. But we'll get to there in TNG. Like, like they have in Spy Kids? But how many different. years after today does, is that supposed to have taken place? A hundred years. Okay, so... So, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And replicators... I mean, we They weren't s- eating Doritos 100 years ago. The weird thing is, though, in one of the movies, we see a kitchen, and they're preparing, like, mashed potatoes and stuff. Are they? Yeah. There's a, maybe they're getting ready to make it into colored cubes, though. Maybe. Maybe the colored cubes are just colored mashed potatoes. That's but funny. why all that effort? <laughs> what do you mean? Why the effort to make it into because a cube? Because the production team wanted... To showcase how good they could do with no budget. Yeah. Little to no budget, I maybe. think that stack of blocks that were supposed to be, like, memory stuff is enough on the no budget. Well, that's just, those are literally just squares of wood that they cut out and painted. Exactly. It's like the Klingons. Whenever we had our first Klingon episode, I pointed out the belts were just cardboard and bubble wrap. I mean, Love the it. doctor's shirt wasn't even finished. Yeah, the doctor's uh, dress uniform did not have the colored... The gold. The gold, like... like Embroidery, yeah. Well, it looked like they were all wearing track suits. I mean, true. Like they're, they're, they're. Let's go meet the ambassador. Uniforms looked like track suits, mm-hmm. suits that had a little bit of shiny thread in them. It's true. So it's funny. I did, um, I did write down that like uh, Kirk was back to wearing his uh, green shirt. He he has not for at least the entirety of this season put on the yellow uniform. And did you notice the the um like the symbol? Mm-hmm. It was on his stomach. Yeah, they, so th- that'll be continuous. They've moved. There's a sash around his stomach, and it has the delta on it. The, oh, it's just a sash, like a cumber. Uh, yeah. What do they call it? A cumberbund. Exactly. Right with the tuxedo. I was like, that's so weird. Isn't that like disrespectful though? No. 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 Oh, that's his costume. And the cool thing is, in Strange New World, we've seen Pike wear the exact same uniform now, so it's. it's I'm pretty cool. sure I have a shirt cut like that shirt he was wearing today. No, I'm talking about like with the with the symbol. No, it's it's there. He's displaying because he's it's on, on that. It's ship. on his it's on his cummerbund. So oh, I, I, I would think wouldn't... like it would have to be like up here. No, no, no. I wouldn't think so. I don't know. Um, Kirk also took his shirt off in this this episode. Oh which, my you know, god! He has to in every single episode he's in, or his shirt has to get ripped. He's not even that attractive. Aww. Aww. <laughs> 
Everyone on this show knows I hate Kirk. We were we were watching. The ladies love Kirk back in the day, He's though. A douche. What were we watching? We were That's watching Boston nice. Legal, and I was like, "Do you recognize him?" And you're like, "No." And I'm like, "You don't recognize him from any other show we watched?" And you're like, "No." And I'm like, "That's Captain Kirk, aged sixty years." He 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 didn't look attractive in that show either. No. Um, okay, what's your next question? Um, actually. It's not my next question, but I want to bring it up. As you say, like every like Kirk always has to have his shirt ripped off. Why does he always have to fight someone too in an episode? I don't know, because it was macho in the '60s to fight someone, I guess. And it was really random that cutscene. Yeah, yeah, him fighting the Andorian just didn't make sense. What is an Andorian? Andor, they're an alien species. But they weren't. But he wasn't Andorian. He was something else. He was Orion. So the Orions are a criminal syndicate of, of an entire species who. The, the females produce pheromones, which can hypnotize men and cause women to have headaches and pass out. And then the men are all subservient to them. But to the rest of the galaxy, it's it's switched. Everybody thinks the men are in charge and the women are subservient. So it's it's the opposite. So they show up a couple times in TOS, and then they show up a lot in Enterprise. Gotcha. Wait, why do they think it's reversed? Because the women trick the rest of the galaxy into thinking they're slaves, and the men are in charge. But it's it's the opposite. So the women can infiltrate ships and take them over and then bring the ships back to the oh. to the Orions. The Orions are like the, the complete criminal empire of the galaxy. And they'll but, be that way for their sister. The pirates are queens, but not kings on exactly. those ships. <laughs> Wait, but what was the other the other species that he was supposed to be? Andorian. So the Andorians are a group of warriors. Um, they're very, very stubborn. Um, for years they were at war with Vulcan. Humans helped bring peace to that, and through that, they formed the Federation. But he was the one that broke up the fight between his dad and the other species. The Tellarites. Because he had bigger plans. He did. He, he was trying to keep things smooth till the, uh, <laughs> the enemy ship showed up to be attacking. Well, and let's talk about that. So, I, I don't think, you know, that, that, that disc thing that was being shot... At the Enterprise, yeah. from the Orion, Orion ship. Orion ship. I, I think that was the ship. I think they were like yeah, yeah, playing so the, chicken and like hit trying to hit the ship, but the shields were up, right? Yeah. But and then I'm thinking to myself, but wait a minute, why is Enterprise still missing? Surely by now they have. Well, it's the future, right? It's the we 60s. Have, <laughs> well, they're traveling at warp too, so they're they're like warping past each other. But they weren't warping then. Yes, they were. Throughout the whole episode, they were at warp. Well, why don't they just stop warping and attack them? Because that would be too smart for this show. <laughs> but don't they, I mean, don't they have heat-seeking uh, lasers? To... That, that would work in space. Oh, yeah, because there's no heat in space. Yeah. <laughs> you just think there would have been a better form of shooting the enemy well, at warp... than, oh, you missed him. Well, at warp, you can't really aim. Because they're going so fast. So don't don't try to science the original series. <laughs> science didn't come into play until the next generation. Do you movies. see my struggle every time? No, I just think Gene Roddenberry should have had a few more people in on the writing of that's, the scripts, maybe. That's true. I mean, this is any time we watch an episode. But good for him getting it done, and it's his vision, and it's his story. So I respect that. I don't respect it. We're so. about to get to the season where it's not his vision or his story, and they moved him across the street to shut him up. Is Aww. this the one that, like, they didn't like, and they... They kicked. Oh yeah, they yeah. kicked him out. So they, uh, well, they were trying to cancel the show, and they did cancel the show after season two. 
uh, but there was a huge letter writing campaign. So, right. So what they I did was they said, I don't oh, remember that, but I remember reading that. Well, you weren't alive then. So, <laughs> so they, they brought the I show back. I was not alive then. <laughs> so they brought the show back for a, a third season, but they said, Gene, we're going to move you to an office across the street, out of the studio, so you'll have all, all the space to yourself. And he was like, okay, okay. And they're like, we're going to make you an executive producer, and we're going to put this guy in charge of producing. And he was like a comedy producer whole third season nothing but horrible episodes he, fell for that? he didn't fall for it he had no choice if he wanted to make his show because <laughs> no matter what he was getting money now and that was something else too right doesn't he get money off the music the music or? so the the theme song he, he was wrote, the first to get music off his theme because he wrote the lyrics he wrote right. lyrics that's right which that's are right, never that's heard. right um which we've talked about before i think i, I, read yeah. that <laughs> I think i heard that on this podcast yeah. fact okay what's next what's next um, question wise uh Sulu. Sulu. Why is Sulu not on the episode? He's busy filming Green Beret with John Wayne. Okay, but if he was on the episode, he would be Third Command, not... Yeah, absolutely. Okay. But don't you think Starfleet Federation has a, a vacation package? 100%. Oh, no. He is shore leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got shore He's either on shore leave or he's off like at like a, a extended learning seminar at the academy. If Spock doesn't take a vacation, none of them should well, take a Spock vacation. Spock takes a vacation. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he takes vacation all the time. No, he does not. Oh, yeah. All the officers do. There's a whole vacation planet they go to. It's great. Disney? No, Ryza. <laughs> but, um, okay, what's next? Um, I, well, I, first, I thought he was going to say something, because I know you said they have a feud. Oh, yeah. So George Takei and, and William Shatner historically hate each other. Um, that would not develop until after the series had ended. But, like, if you watch when William Shatner gives dialogue on the bridge, you can tell when a line is not meant for him and meant for another character. And that's, that's where the feud stems from, because William Shatner felt he was not getting enough screen time or recognition from the fans, so he would take lines meant for other characters and deliver them. And then he would cut off the other actor's time and paycheck and stuff like that by doing that. And back then, it wasn't digital. You actually had film that you had to film on, and that was extremely expensive. Right. So if you did a take, you had to do it again. That was like $100 that just out the drain. So That's kind of rude. Yeah. Um, how, and I know they kind of, like, joke about it near the end, but how is it logical that his dad ended up with his mom? Well, they met, she was, um, the story goes that she was an assistant at the Vulcan Embassy on Earth, and they fell in love and got married, and she moved back to Vulcan with him. But love is an emotion. Yeah, but Vulcans still feel emotions, they just suppress them. So he actually generally loves her. Oh, Absolutely. Okay, I thought he just did it as like a business agreement or something. No, no, he absolutely loves her. It's not, no, not a business agreement at all. It's a very loving relationship. And you see that in this episode. Because attraction would be an emotion too, right? Yeah. So, obviously, it was logical he was attracted to her because she was a hottie. But then, that's an emotion. You're showing emotion there, Leonard. That's true. Is it logical for you to be with me? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But we're not Vulcans, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> You don't know. Suckers. My ears are pretty rounded. So. Yeah. So are yours. So continue. No, they're not. Don't come for my, my ears. <laughs> Do you have any questions? No, keep going. Um, I talked about Kurt's shirt. We did talk about Kurt's shirt. The <laughs> of time. The symbol on his stomach. Um, his dad just really passed out, like, out of nowhere. Yeah. 
they, they kind of just snuck that little plot line in there. I don't think they needed the whole, oh, Sarek's sick plot line. They could have just done the whole, oh, there's a ship attacking us plot line. But no, we had to have a B story. Like, I thought it was going to be like, well, yeah, because that was the Healy moment for Spock and his dad. So well, like, I thought it was going to be more like someone stabbed him or something. No. Or poisoned. He could have been poisoned. Yeah. But, but they hint at it, because like, at one point he takes a pill and he, he drinks... And then he pushes the Tellerite very lightly, but the Tellerite goes flying against the wall. <laughs> well, I could already tell something was wrong, though, because he kept excusing himself. That's true. And it was more than just being disgruntled with Spock in the situation. That's true. So you could kind of tell something was going on with him. Is and this I... like your mom instincts? Like, I did not pick that up. <laughs> well, yeah. If you pay attention to the episode, you pick things up. <laughs> it was like 50-50. And he was just short of Columbo going, you know, showing up and... Telling you the plot line and then doing yeah. the whole show. I mean, you knew something was going That's on. That's true. Which I mean, Columbo's I thought he just didn't want to be around his son. I, I hate to say this, but every time Sarek is in an well, episode... Well, that wouldn't be good TV, now would it? True. Every time Sarek is in an episode of Star Trek, not a movie, but an episode, he is sick and or dying. What is wrong with this guy? He's, in the next time he shows up in an episode, he'll have a severe illness. Um, is he a hypochondriac? No, he, he actually just gets sick a lot, so... Yeah, so he'll in the, the last episode, he, his character dies. So, um, which is horrible. I was about to say, like, when is he going to die? Well, he, he lives to be three hundred, I think, or like two hundred and fifty or something. He's a like third that. of the way there. Yeah. But all right, what is your next question? Um, do they have like other species' bloods on the ship? Yes. So um, they mentioned the blood bank, and we actually got to see it recently in Strange New Worlds. They have different bloods for different species with different blood types. That sounds, that's kind of cool. Uh, Vulcan blood is tea. But at that point, don't you think the universe has figured out how to reproduce blood? No, not to make yet. it universal? You mean, or? No, just to reproduce it. Like, they would have some little machine, they could take plasma, oh. and they could alter it. You know, you know by then they've had that. In, in the real world, probably yes. In Star Trek, it will be a hundred years before that technology becomes a, a thing. But it's already a hundred years. Yeah, but you got to remember this is a hundred years from the '60s. What they thought a hundred years. Well, actually, this is two hundred years from the '60s. This is what they thought two hundred years in the future would be like, and then um, the next generation is about three hundred years from the '80s. This is a make-believe future show. They could easily just put that in there. Yeah, but in the 60s, I mean, we didn't even have... We hadn't even gone to space yet. Well, listen, you know, did you not see Thor? Because hundreds of years ago, the Asgardians were already doing stuff like that. Remember when Jane was on the table? and That's that's true. I did not watch Thor. But wait, they're interdimensional. That's the 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 second Thor, too. Asgard's interdimensional. Interdimensional, yeah. Yeah. So, never mind. I'm just saying, gotcha. like, it's a it's a make-believe show. They can literally put in horses riding in space. Well, in fairness, they had just gotten to the moon. They no, they hadn't even gotten to the moon yet. It'll be it'll be a couple Whoa, of years. Oh, sixty nine. Sixty nine. Yeah. It'll be three Ooh, years yeah. before they get to the moon. Sixty seven. Sixty seven. Wow. So there's two more years. Yeah. So we weren't even on the moon yet, in fairness. That's let me, actually let kind me, of let me back that <laughs> comment up. I don't even think the had the Apollo program started by then. Yeah, oh, it had yeah. to have. They had to have done Apollo 1 through, like, 5, probably. So this was all of them just thinking, like, this is actually in space. Yeah, absolutely. This is, the writer sat down and said, what's what's 200 years in the future like? And so did so, they think these aliens were actually in space? Yeah, I mean, people still do. I think aliens are up there. It's, no, I know aliens are up there, but I mean the species that are in the show. No, no. <laughs> those are invented. Um, no, and, and Star Trek is notorious for just no, painting. No, people are weird. There are people in this episode who are just painted gold. <laughs> In, in short. So, I mean, 
that's what they thought aliens would look like back then. But I yeah. mean, if the little um, uh, like soft what what was the stuff in the, the triples? Yeah, the triples. <laughs> if the triples are in space, like that's true. But uh, I mean, yeah, all absurdities, right? But look at Guardians of the Galaxy. Look at the aliens on that. I actually didn't watch it. Just a century. <laughs> I've seen Guardians of the Galaxy. She's not seen the How Marvel are movies. you guys? I think Guardians of the Galaxy is actually pretty stupid. Are you really? Well, I mean, it is stupid, like, but... Is this the whole opposites attract thing? Yeah, yeah absolutely. 100%. That's the whole just point. not getting on that? Thank you for describing our podcast. This is our whole relationship. Yeah, that's true. I had no clue she was... Yeah. We're just now watching Firefly, which is one of my favorite shows. Uh, we're watching Star Trek together episode by episode for the podcast. Uh-huh. I'm then, just now getting him to watch crime shows with me. I'm watching crime shows little by little. Um, and then I've started watching Boston Legal with her, which is the only crime show I like. So nice. Um, so we we watch we're working stuff on it. Yeah, <laughs> look at you two. And there is stuff that she tends How to, to like, make a relationship work. She's she's liked episodes you of Star Trek. Trek. I watch Boston Legal. And I, I I promise I promise you by the time we get to Deep Space Nine, you will start enjoying Star Trek because <laughs> it gets very good at Deep Space Nine forward. He has a lot of writing in this. Yeah. Um. So. I did have another question. I'm trying to think. <laughs> Go ahead. You asked me. I should have taken notes and I didn't. I asked. I thought, but I thought your questions would trigger mine, so. No. You've had some good input, though, I'll say. Thanks. Um, okay, so, like, the whole, like, spiel of his mom, like, being mad at Spock for not wanting to save his dad because he has his duties to the ship. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't his dad do the same thing? 100%. So why is she, like, so mad at Spock? Because he's so Vulcan. What? She... You have to ask that? Yeah. I mean, I know why, but, like, logically. She's, well, it's because she's distraught because her husband's in one room getting ready to die. The, 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 the only shot at saving him is standing in front of her being a Vulcan. But what if my son dies? Huh? What if her son dies? But apparently Bones felt that there was enough percentage of a chance that it would all work well, out. Spock was only needed for a blood transfusion too. So like But there was threat. Yeah, there yeah. was threat to that. He thought he was might he might die. That's true. Well, that's because Spock's blood is mixed with human blood. It's a unique blood type because he's a, a hybrid. So wouldn't that like um so now is. his dad's a muggle too. Yeah, true. <laughs> well, I mean the the, the body. Or mud mudblood. No muggle. That's, no, it's a, that's a different franchise. <laughs> sorry, what's a mudblood? Wait, what's that's, that from? Mudblood. No, mudblood is pure. Um, muggle is no muggle is only human. Muggle is is so in, in Harry Potter, muggle is someone who comes from a yeah. is, is not oh, magical, and then mudblood blood. is okay, someone yeah. who's oh, half and half. Yeah, so Her- Harry Hermione. Hermione's, Hermione's yeah. Well, Hermione, a her her parents are both muggles. Yeah, her parents are both muggles. Magical powers. Yes, mudblood is is Harry. Look at those mixing worlds. I just I just organized. It's in, we're sitting in my library room. Or no, Harry wasn't a mudblood. No, he was a pure blood. No, no, he was he was mudblood because his mother was muggle born. No, she wasn't. Yeah, her her parents were muggles. Oh, oh, her parents. So he was yeah. a quarter. Yeah, because yeah, because the aunt resented. Because his, his aunt is wow. Muggle. No one talks about that. Oh, they talk about it all the time. You just aren't into Harry Potter, so you don't know. <laughs> but I mean, no one said it in the films. Yes, they do. Yeah, they do. They did. Yeah. it's a big thing. The whole part of the seventh book is about okay, her childhood. Okay, we never watch these movies. Oh, we've never watched them, so <laughs> we never watched them together. I know. Anyway. Anyway. So now, and and they should have. I'm surprised they didn't. But maybe they didn't because right civil rights was going on too. But mm-hmm. that would have—I mean, nowadays a writer would have written that factor in for Leonard or for Spock's dad. I keep calling him by his real name. For Spock's dad to um, 
be against it. Like I feel like a, a modern writer would have. Yeah, wouldn't he have been focused on that? So in the new modern Star Trek shows, Spock's sister Michael Burnham is the main character of one of the new shows, Discovery. Gotcha. And throughout the first and second season, they talk about how there are basically terrorists on Vulcan. They're called logic extremists who see Sarek and what he is doing by bringing humans into their culture as completely taboo. And, like, they're blowing up ships, bombing schools, blowing up his house, stuff like that to try to spook Sarek into not doing that. Gotcha. So there is stuff like that being done in Star Trek now. In the 60s, the most they could do was paint an alien white on one side and black on the other, and then have another alien from the same planet be black on one side and white on the other, and then, you know have that be the metaphor for the episode but because of the censors they couldn't they couldn't do that gotcha we're getting close to where they'll they'll do more civil rights stuff in star trek that's season three there's the first interracial kiss on american tv which is plato's stepchildren and then uh let this be your last battlefield is the episode where you have uh the racial metaphor of the the aliens that are one color on one side and one color on the other and then there's a a reversed alien from the same planet so interesting Mm mm-hmm um, <laughs> um, did you notice how Kirk's uh, bandage around him was sparkly? Yes, <laughs> I did. Did you notice the uh, intermixed spray bottles in the I background? Did. did you notice it? No, I didn't. So yes. apparently futuristic metal technolo- or medical technology in the future are Windex bottles full of different colored liquids that McCoy sprays on people. Love it. Yeah, totally scientific. Mm-hmm. Love it. <laughs> so I noticed there were a lot in this episode. Um, Last question. Do you have any questions about sparkly bandages? No. I actually already asked that question. I just didn't mark it off. So So let let me go to my questions for you guys. Uh, What did you think of the episode as a whole? Like rating? Rating. And then maybe a little bit of like what you thought of the metaphor of like, you know, bringing in a, a country into a government just so that you can disperse the wealth to the people. Um, wait, what? That's the whole whole point of the episode. <laughs> I thought it was just trying to bond a father and a son. That's a subplot. The main focus of the episode was that the Orions were trying to stop the Corridan from joining the Federation so that they could continue to illegally mine their dilithium crystals. And which one were the Corridans? The again? short gold people. <laughs> oh. With the fezzes. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll, I'll give this episode like a nine. That's that's high for you. Yeah. You've only ever rated an episode a seven. And that's not true. That's you did do a ten before. Yeah. I don't remember which episode was the it ten. It was the <laughs> Strange New World. That's right. <laughs> episode of TOS you have not rated this high. Actually, so. I've rated some eight. That's true. You have rated some eight. Yeah. So, but all right, mom, what did you think of? Um, I mean, I have a very small, you know, <laughs> history of watching Star Trek. My repertoire is very small. But I would say I would give it an 8 because I did notice that there were uh, more sets in this. Like, usually Star Trek has two, three kind of... Do they call it a set? What do they call it? Yeah, a set, yeah. And so this time there were at least six or seven different sets. So for me, that was more keeps it more interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a ship in the bottle, but it had more to it. I'm very lucky. I have uh, been able to shoot on a one-to-one replica of the original series sets. Every single set that was ever built for the original series I have been able to walk around on. And I will say it is surprising how few there are. Because <laughs> there um, there's a conference room set that is constantly redressed and used. There's mm-hmm. the transporter room, the medical bay. 
you know, engineering and the bridge and the hallway and a, a couple crew quarters that are always redressed. So it, it is a very small amount of sets for this. And in future shows, it's shocking how many sets there are. They actually yeah, yeah. don't show the medical bay a lot. No, they don't. That's a set that is constantly shown up. There are episodes even where they will demolish the sets and just have like one set they use because the studio had to have the room for another project. So they'll, they'll, they just knock down the sets, threw them out, and then they had to rebuild them next week. Did Gene Roddenberry write a, an autobiography? I don't think so. I don't think he did. There are a bunch of books written about him, um, <laughs> but he did not write a book about himself. It would be interesting to see why he made the characters the way he did. Um, that's talked about. There's a really great book series called The, the Five-Year Mission. But is it just full of opinion? No. It is written by a, a, a Trexpert who went to the cast and the crew and, and went through like studio archives of letters and stuff sent and really compiled a great, pretty much how they made Star Trek book. And I mean, there's like five of them or two or three. And it goes all the way up to the movies and then kind of goes out and i'm sure eventually we'll have more about the other shows that came out in the 90s well stuff. i i mean because i personally like to ask him the questions like you know why did you make the bones such a cantankerous you know a-hole um <laughs> you know or i can get why kirk was macho and i i get some of the other characters but man i just feel like bones is well, old so country fried doctor but he's yeah but whew whew could you imagine being stuck in space with that guy oh God, in yeah. his bedside manner? Be horrible. He was making fun of his teddy bear. Yeah, which I don't think they didn't really describe a say lot, but it's more like a, an actual bear. Well, that's well, so yeah. He had like razor sharp teeth. Ra- I'm not curt. Razor sharp uh, fangs. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's like too. the size of an actual bear. And that's what we get to see. We we get to see it. We get to see say lots and a couple of things. I so. thought he had a cat. It's a say lot cat. Oh. It's like a tiger. It's like a bear sized tiger. Oh. Yeah. So. so what do you give this episode a rating? I, I really like Journey to Babel. I would give it a 10 for he original series. He always rates it. Wow. No, I, there are episodes I didn't... I well, didn't. you're not watching the episodes he doesn't want to rate. <laughs> exactly. We're, wa- we're not watching the, the episodes I don't want to watch. Like, I don't think we're going to watch the like, episode where the hippies come aboard and everybody gets high and they start singing in the middle travel. And Spock takes out his loot. We watch a couple. We're about to get to a time travel Yeah, but episode. you always hate time travel. I know. We're about to... I think the next episode we're going to watch is a time travel episode. Uh, do you have a favorite character this week? Um, yeah. I like his mom. Amanda? Yeah. yeah. Amanda Grayson is a great character. I'm glad we're going to see her again. She's one of the characters we do see a lot of. So She's just so... Especially at the end, like, they have the little family debacle. <laughs> True. <laughs> How do you call your mom emotional? That's so rude. That, it's very rude. Um, mom, did you have a favorite character? Um... Uh, yeah, I don't know. You should have told her this where she can know while she's watching the... That's true. Um, yeah. So I would have known to watch. Well, I, Nobody I'm... stands out. Really? Interesting, okay. Because we're not going to have you back for a long time. <laughs> and the next time we have you back, it's an entirely new cast. Okay, so, so I'll be more prepared next time. Um, who's your favorite? Who's my favorite? I I really like Sarek. I like Sarek in anything he's, he's in in Star Trek. Um, he's a very, very well-written character, in my opinion. He's a very consistent character, too, because there's a lot of times where the characters will show up later on and they won't be consistent. But Sarek is someone who, when he shows up in Star Trek, it's a consistent performance and a consistent way the character is performed, even when it's a new actor. Because Sarek is one of those characters who has gone from being Mark Leonard in the original series, the original series movies, and The Next Generation to played by a whole new actor in the J.J. films and then a whole new actor in the, the new era of Star Trek 
films. So why does okay, he I, call him? Oh, oh no, you can. Well, I just realized somebody who did stick out to me oddly was when Chekhov would go to Spock Station, which that's let's back up on that in a second okay. too in a minute. But um, and then the guy would slide into his seat. What was the position that he was? Chekhov is a navigator. But wh- what was he playing? He was taking care of Sulu's role. What's Sulu's role? Su- Sulu's role is 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 well, I guess navigator and pilot, and then Chekhov is supposed to be tactical. Okay, but Chekhov was playing nav- navigator pilot, and when Chekhov then went to the Spock station, uh, the guy who took Chekhov's took over the navigator pilot role, he stuck out. Like there, I don't know what he was doing. There was something that made me get his, the attention of him, and so I thought that was funny. He's like, I'm pretty sure you don't have any lines, but yet you're stand, you're doing something. There's something yeah. physical he was doing, like. Hey, mom, or you know, I don't know what it was, but that's probably what it was. And then let's back up to what is Spot looking at in that microscope? It's the Spockoscope. That's what it's called, the Spockoscope. It's a Spockoscope. So what is it he is looking at? So that is that is the sensors. So when he looks into that, he sees a readout of what's going on outside of the ship. He's supposed to see. He sees nothing. Yeah. (laughs) Why wouldn't it be on a flat screen? Because flat screens didn't exist back then. Yes, uh-huh. And they had LCD tube TVs that were about this thick. But there's screens on the panels and stuff, so why wouldn't there just be a screen? Well, it's like it's like he's getting more detail. I think it was supposed to be that he's looking in to get more detail. He could have had his lines, like, right there. He, he may have. Mm. Who knows what's... I, I, I've looked into on the recreations. I've looked through it, and normally they just have a hole cut to look at the, the concrete floor below. I don't know if that's what this one had, um, but I know... That have they ever shown an episode like a flash... Of what Spock would be seen in the Spockoscope? I don't think so. I really don't missed think opportunity. So. Missed opportunity. A lot of this is missed opportunity. And we actually, uh, after TOS, there will not be a Spockoscope on the bridge until Enterprise. Really? Mm-hmm. Because they discovered it. No, they got a screen to look at, <laughs> so everybody well, can see it. <laughs> so yeah, the bridge is getting much more advanced in TNG forward. Um, Why does Spock call his dad um, his first name, but he calls his mom mom? Because it's supposed to be oh, it's like Vulcans probably don't call their parents mom and dad. Yeah, they don't. Because it's, it's mom not mom. logical. Well, a lot of things aren't logical. But let's go ahead and wrap up because we're at forty-five minutes. So, um, if you're interested in following us, you can follow us at Love at First Pod on Instagram and uh, and Twitter. If you're on YouTube, we are Love at First Podcast or Love at First Contact. Oh, no. um, we just launched our YouTube channel. We have nothing to do with the podcast on there right now. I've been playing on a Star Trek. Uh, roleplay server on Space Engineers, and so I do videos about what I'm doing on there. I do live streams now too, which is amazing. So if you're interested in, in seeing me mess around on a video game, go there. Um, if you want to follow along the podcast, head over to Instagram and Twitter. Mom, do you want to pitch nah. any no, nah. any professional stuff you want to talk about? Or nope. I think you're doing an awesome job, but I'm your mom. Thank you, mom. I love um, your guys's podcast. It's cute. We are glad you came on. And thanks if, for having me. And if you're all on Twitter, you can see our new addition to our banner, where we've added mom into the banner. We did. Oh, jeez. So I commissioned it while we were watching the episode. Really? I have yeah, to go look did. at this. Um, so, and we'll use that in in the episode art. Anytime she comes on and you're not you gonna... got my skinny side right <laughs> so you'll be you'll, you won't be coming on again until tng so thank you for coming on today yeah thanks um, for having me it's been fun it's nice that we had a first guest and it was someone who we didn't have to like go through skype to get so yeah thank you for coming on thank you all for listening uh bold to go uh we'll see you next time bye live long and prosper live long and prosper bye